How's everybody doing? Great. You guys are probably wondering, what, what is this cop detective doing up here preaching, you know? Well, you know, in the kingdom of God, we have so many people that are Christians in every walk of life. So we have a lot of people in the NYPD who are, um, you know, godly men and women. You know, we're not all as bad as everyone says because we could, we could point fingers. But you know what they say when you point? It's three fingers pointing back at you. Um, there's a video I want to show very quickly. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, we could, we could show, show this video. Um, my presentation is going to be a little bit shorter because of the festivities. And let me tell you something, it's very precious to see these young children up here. Because you know why? When I see myself, I didn't have that upbringing. We know I went to a Catholic upbringing, but I didn't have that. And we're talking about the, the future generation of our church. When you look at that, and it's very important because, you know, we come from a, we come from a, um, a generation and a mindset that, and I remember it was always spoken to children, that children shall be seen and not heard. And that's a, that's a big false in any category right there because God is using children that age to preach and to live godly lives. I don't know about you. Wow. Mm. This, visit, this video says it all. And I think one of the hardest things for any human being to do is to love someone that has hurt you. I'm talking about really deeply hurt, hurting you. And on the flip side of it, to forgive them. It's the hardest thing. And it's no reason why I was chosen to pick this because I know that God spoke me about this because my wife and I, we've gone through this. Even as ushers, as deacons, even as ministers. So, I want to start with a prayer. I welcome every one of you. And Heavenly Father, I just want you to empty me. Empty me of me, Lord. Father, speak through me. Help me to reach the hearts of my brothers and sisters who are hurting. Because I know there are people here that are hurting because of unforgiveness that is preventing them to walk in, into your ministry, Lord God. Father, just open their hearts and their minds and their souls to hear that we are forgiven and we have been all set free. That we will believe it in our hearts. That our Heavenly Father loves us so much that He is so merciful that He will forgive us of every and all sin. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen. There are two things, there's two questions I want to ask every one of you. And I don't want you to answer it, but just keep it in the back of your mind. First one is, does God forgive? Does he forgive? 
And here's the second one. Some of you may agree, may not disagree. If God does forgive, does he forgive everyone? That's a question we're going to ask later. Hmm. Well, in this fourth, fourth installment of The Miracle Mercy, this one's entitled, God's Mercy Forgives. And let's look at, let's look at the, um, the definition. Mercy means undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. And forgive means, according to the Merriam-Webster, to stop feeling anger. Someone who has done something wrong, to stop blaming someone, to forgive someone or something wrong. Can you put up the slide of the uh, creation? That's the one in the Sistine Chapel. Mercy forgives. Next slide. Well, as they're putting it up, I don't know if I, I, I've been a, I love art history. I love history, theology, anything biblically, archaeology. I love, I love history itself. And there's a favorite, I went to an art school many years ago, and there's a favorite um, fresco. It's actually, it's a painting done on, believe it or not, plaster. And this was a, um, this is an old fresco done by Michelangelo. And if you look at this, this is creation. In the Bible, God's first act of mercy and forgiveness was in the garden. Do we agree? In the garden. We know the story of Adam and Eve, and we know what they did. They disobeyed God. He wasn't happy. Maybe a little bit angry. Maybe more angry at the devil because, you know, what he did. But more so, he didn't give up on Adam and Eve. He could have just said, you know, let's forget about mankind. I'll leave them out in the dust. But no, he forgave them. Because even though they were naked, he clothed them. He had to kill an animal to clothe them. So he loved them so much that he felt like, you know, I created them. I know what they're made of. So God was able to forgive Adam and Eve. But there was something more than that. And we know the story that Jesus is the true example of forgiveness. Even though they were forgiven, but they still had to live a life of torment. A life of difficulty. A life that is, was totally opposite, that eclipsed the God of Eden. This is why we suffer today. But of course, God had plan B. So if you can find this slide, but I'll read it because, um, you know, PowerPoint is not always the, um, you know, everything's like death by PowerPoint anyway. So I'm going to read a couple of truths here. It is a truth that promises to bring freedom. So that's what forgiveness does. It frees you. Because one thing that uh, unforgiveness does, that it imprisons you. How many of us have not forgiven someone and then years go by and by and by and by and by 
and by, and so on and so on, that now when it's time to forgive that person who wronged you, they're in a hospital, dying of some incurable disease, they're at death's door, and we forgive them. See, the question is, I know it's hard. I went through it with my dad, and I'll explain that a little bit later. But forgiveness does bring freedom. And it brings freedom, check this out, in every corner of our lives, in every one of our relationships, and brings forgiveness in every one of our lives. When we seek God's forgiveness, we in turn are able to forgive others. You see, one thing that God will never do, he will never allow you to do something that he has not done himself. I'll repeat that again. God will never allow us to do something that he alone has not done himself. And I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. When we want to do something that is contrary to God's word. Because he is our father. It's like the song, you know, I know who I am. I am forgiven. Do we really believe the, the lyrics of that song? But Jesus talked about two sides of that truth. And if you turn into your Bibles, Matthew 6, 12. And everyone knows this. Everyone knows the Lord's Prayer. I can remember countless times saying the Lord's Prayer in Catholic school at Our Lakewood Evangels at 112th Street. That's where the one with the Pope went to. And that was great. Even though I wasn't there, I was working in the streets. And as, a, as an altar boy. But let me read that because, I mean, we know the Lord's Prayer, but I want to focus on one section of that Scripture, it's powerful. This is Jesus saying, forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So Jesus is saying that, you know, for us, you know, ask God to forgive our sins. And in turn, we forgive those who have sinned against us. Or as uh, some of the translations say, uh, who have trespassed against us. If God can forgive us, why can't we forgive those? I want that to resonate in you. If God can forgive us, why can't we forgive those? What is the excuse? God knows our hearts. He knows our pain. He went to the cross. We can never understand that. How a man can be butchered and nailed to a tree only because he wanted to forgive that sin that separated us from our Heavenly Father. It's interesting. And this is the root of forgiveness when you really look at it. But Jesus taught that the miracle of mercy brings freedom into our lives through forgiveness. Why? When we say, God forgives me, and we say, I forgive you. 
There are two different types of forgiveness and two different ways of forgiving. God forgives me, right? And that means I forgive others. Mercy means that God forgives me. I don't know about you, but that is the greatest news ever. The greatest news ever. That God is able to have that kind of mercy on us. We know the story with the flood. We know about Sodom and Gomorrah. We know about the wrath of God in the Old Testament times. But even in those times, he always remained covenant with us. He would always promised to, to take care of us. Because he knew who his people were. Those who had a heart for God, he looked after. But here's, some, here's a personal question I want to ask every one of you. And I ask this question. See, we know that forgiveness is a, forgiveness is a fact. But the question is, do we feel forgiven? Do we? Do you know that God forgives you? I don't care what you have done. I don't care what I have done. There are many things that God will always forgive. But there are some areas where God won't forgive us. It's in the Bible. I'll get there. Now let's go into some of the truths that Jesus spoke about. Truth number one. God wants to forgive me. You have to say that with conviction. God wants to forgive me. God wants to forgive me. You have to really believe that. And a good, a great example of that, if we go into Nehemiah 9.17 in the Living Bible. It doesn't matter what translation you have. I'll read it from the Living Bible. You are a God of forgiveness, always ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and full of love and mercy. And if you go to Micah 7.18, God doesn't stay angry forever, but loves to show his mercy. God loves to show his mercy. Does it every time. Truth number two. God freely forgives me. He does. And a great example of that is Romans 3, 23, 24. All of us have sinned. And I want to jump a little further. Yet God declares us not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus Christ, who is kindly, who is kindness freely takes away our sins. It's about trusting our, our Lord and Savior. Truth number three, God immediately forgives me. Isaiah 55, 7, our God is our God. He is merciful and quick to forgive. If you remember that fresco, the Michelangelo fresco in the Sistine Chapel, that little gap where God is on one side and Adam. A little space between the fingers, this is my revelation, what I got from God. This is how 
far we were separated by God. This is how far. But we were within grasping reach. Many of us don't want to reach God. The scripture says that if we ask, we shall receive. If you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, you shall find. If you seek God's forgiveness, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you will find God's forgiveness very quickly. Very quickly. Sometimes we think that our sin is too grave. Oh, well, God doesn't understand what I've done. There's no way on earth in all eternity that he can forgive what I've done. Let me tell you something. God can forgive a murderer. Yet he still has to do time in incarceration. Even a murderer in incarceration for the rest of his life, life sentence, would be in prison in the physical, but could be set free in the spiritual. A great example is Paul. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Most of it was behind bars. How does he do that? How does one do that? And, it's, and the reason is because God can meet you anywhere you're at. God can meet you anywhere you're at. But the only problem is through our unforgiveness, we create a fortress of solitude. Kind of, kind of taking the uh, moniker from, you know, Superman. But the fact is, you know, when Superman went to the fortress of solitude, that was there, you know, he got to know his, his heritage and everything in Krypton. But the fact is, that man was alone. And we're talking about a fictional character. How many of us have a fortress of solitude in our hearts? We're so bitter with unforgiveness that we, our hearts are hardened, hardened, that we can't even love. See, God's mercy is about love. And if God loves, surely he's going to forgive. Truth number four. This one's my favorite. God blows me away. God completely forgives me. Do we believe that? When he forgives your sin, he wipes it away clean. There's no record of it. And I'll speak a little bit more on it later. When he wipes it away, he doesn't remember it. But yet we do remember And I'll talk a little bit about that more. There's a reason why we remember. God completely forgives me. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, 13 to 14. Then God made you alive in Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Did he forgive a little bit of our sins? Did he forgive a, 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 a few of our sins? Did he forgive some of our sins? He forgave what? All. Or, God doesn't do things halfway. 
He's a God of order. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He completes the cycle. He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Let's talk about that. Everyone has a record, and I'm not talking about police record. You have a medical record, right? Got a school record. Um, you know, um, some, of, some of us may have a, a juvenile record, you know, you know. But the fact is, a lot of people, and, I, and I'm just going to speak on the, the cop part in me, is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of young children will believe that, oh, well, you know, um, um, I'm not at the, at the age of 16, and, and I could just commit crimes and everything is, because my juvenile's um, record is sealed. And no one's going to tap into it. That's a lie. The government, if they want to break into an unsealed, they can go into it. They can go into it anytime. And those records remain forever. Well, as long as, you know, they don't decompose in a safe somewhere. And sometimes those records uh, haunt us. They remind us some of the things that we've done in our past. And even if we've been forgiven, you know... Well, listen, I've done my time. I went to jail and I did this. But why are you still harping about what I did 10 years ago? I paid the price. I did my time. I have been forgiven. But here's the thing. When God removes that sin, he removes the record of it. In other words, it's like... um, Starting brand new, clean slate, as if you've never done it before. That's amazing. He wipes it clean, wipes it clean like it was never touched before. When God cleans, he cleans. Not, not, not like that cheap detergent that you buy, you know, downtown and all that. They promise you, yeah, I can get my wipes whites and, and my colors and all that, right? But he wipes everything clean. The devil, on the other hand, he tries to use something that doesn't exist. He says, well, well, I know the record. Of course he knows. He knows exactly what we did. He's been on this planet an eternity longer than we have been here. So he knows everything, all the crazy, stupid stuff that we've done. But, but of course, if he has to stand trial and, and, and he's going to testify, well, look, look what Al did uh, when he was this and this and that. And he says, well, then Jesus says, I don't remember. They say, well, I got a record. I don't see the record. I had the record. The record, I don't know. The record's gone. It's gone. I don't have it. To me, it doesn't exist. So the devil, or the enemy as we like to call it, will use your past. But then whose report are you going to listen to? There's so many lies out there. And there's so many false truths. Who are you going to listen to? And I like it. It says he canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. The cross of Jesus is the most awesome example of forgiveness. Because on that cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Again, if Jesus could forgive us on the cross, why can't we forgive someone else? I mean, we all seen the passion of Christ, right? I'm still dumbfounded by it. You know, it's just, um, I couldn't believe it. Last thing I said at the end of the credits, I says, I can't believe I did this to you. Forgive me. 
Remember the scene where they're nailing Christ to the cross, right? And that nail is going right in there. Of course, we know it's right here, but right here. And that hammer is coming down, right? In the passion of Christ. Well, for those of you who don't know, that was Mel Gibson's hand. And forget about what he's done. That, that's irrelevant. The reason he used that symbolic because what his hand in the movie basically was representing, we put Christ on the, on the cross. We each placed that nail into his cross, in, into his hand. We, each of us, myself, we put the crown of thorns on him. We thrust the, the spear to his side. We are all responsible for Christ being on the cross. But he did it gladly because he loved us so much that we were worth saving. That we were worth saving, worth dying because we all deserve to be up there. That is God's greatest example of forgiveness. The cross of Jesus, that he loves us so much. And that's really hard to understand. And in Micah 7.19, you don't have to look for this, but then he says, what does he do with, 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 the, with the sin? He throws it into the deepest parts of the sea. And some theologians say that, you know, God takes it, and it's almost like self-induced uh, amnesia. In other words, he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. When God pardons his sins and takes it away, he doesn't, doesn't know what happened. Because he doesn't need to know. It's irrelevant. We all have been dis- uh, restored. But mercy f- means that I forgive others. Because if Christ was able to forgive us from the cross... It means that I have to forgive others. It's not a choice, ladies and gentlemen. It is a mandate. It's a commandment. But then we do struggle because I know that each and every every one of us, we struggle with sin. We struggle with the act of forgiveness. I know it's hard, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's hard. It's a process. It's a process, but we can come to the Father. Very quickly. And God will forgive us. But first we have to come in repentance. We have to admit, hey, you know, I blew it, Father. I blew it. Please forgive me. Lord, I blew it. Please forgive me, Lord. I don't want this. I ask for your mercy, your love, your grace. But in turn, help me to forgive the person that pissed me off. That to this day, I, I, I just don't want to see that person anymore. And sometimes it's a person in our family. You see, we could say, oh yeah, well, he's a friend, I don't care. But we still have to forgive everyone. But we're talking about a family member. And we always say, blood is thicker than water. Really? Hold that thought. You thought this was going to be a cheerful sermon. Well, the deep root of it, it is. Because without forgiveness, ladies and gentlemen, God cannot use you or me in ministry. 
He will block that like there is no tomorrow. Not that because he wants to. He wants us to move on. He wants us to go in our calling. He wants us to go in our ministry. Every one of you has a calling, and you don't even know it. Every one of you has a gift deposited in each and every one of you. Every one of you has that. Every one of you is a special creation. I don't care where you've been or what you did in your life. You are a creative masterpiece. Please understand that. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. Listen, look, uh, we're not going to be GQ models and glamour magazines or whatever the case may be. I don't care about that. All I care is how God sees me and how I can serve my Heavenly Father and to serve every one of you. Well, my brothers and sisters, I don't have to know you now, in terms of, you know, blood and all. You're my brothers and sisters. I love every one of you. Sincerely. I do. We have God's DNA. If you ever want to know who you are, like the song, I know who I am. Well, you're the daughter and sons of the king. You're royalty. You have to look at yourself. You're not what the world says you are. We need to listen to what the Father says we are. Our heavenly Father. The one that will do anything in eternity to bring you back from the depths of hell. And he did. Christ. Now, there are, some in, there are some misunderstandings of what we think forgiveness is really. Some of us, we do have that. We have like, we really don't know. But let me, let me throw a couple of um, questions, true or false. A person should not be forgiven until he or she asks for it. You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. Forgiving includes minimizing the offense and the pain it caused. Forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting, and reuniting a, a relationship. When I see someone hurt, it is my duty to forgive the offender. Any of them true? Nobody wants to raise their hand. Well, sorry to say it, but they were all false. Every one of them is false. False, a lie from hell, the devil. False. This is why we're in this state of unforgiveness. Because of what I just read. But let's look at the Bible's truth on forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness is not conditional. Because if God's mercy is love, and God is love, and if that is true, then God forgives. Then wouldn't forgiveness be unconditional. Why do we have to put strings attached in our forgiveness? Oh, here's one we love. I'll forgive you, but I will never forget. But of course, we, 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 we're going to remember because um, we have a human brain. If we really forgot, then all the things we learned in school, that's going to go somewhere else, right? Think about it. But in Ephesians 4.32, forgiveness is, un, uh, is not unconditional. Here's the example of that. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. We have to be able to for, quickly forgive each other. It is hard, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. You see, the Lord will help you with that. 
The Holy Spirit will help you that. Truth number two, forgiveness is not forgetting. 2 Timothy 4, 14, 15, NIV, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposes our message. You see, what I got out of that is that Paul did forgive him. But here's truth number three. Forgiveness is not trusting the person again. See, in 2 Timothy 4, Paul is telling Timothy, you should be on your guard against him. Trusting again is a process where trust has to be earned again. You see, even though Paul was able to forgive the metal worker, he's forgiven him. He loves him. But as human beings, sometimes it's hard to trust somebody that has offended us. It takes time. Really, it takes time. I think trust has to be earned. It has to be. Especially someone that you love so much, and all of a sudden they did one thing. And you say, boy, that's it. It's all over. But we have to learn to trust again. But then sometimes we don't trust God and what he says about forgiveness. If forgiveness is forgetting, and if it's not about trusting, then what is forgiveness? You see, we, we, we're going uh, to remember the offense. Why? Our brains. The past, Pastor Victor talks about how our brains are very complex, very ingenious mechanism or machine, a biological machine that God created right in our skulls. It has a network of neurons. When we learn someone, it's imprinted in our neurons, like a little sub-program. Um, Every one of you can remember an offense. Sometimes it's very hard to forget it. Sometimes, you know, we try to put it deep in the recess of our mind. We're human beings. We're going to remember. We can still forget the person. We, I mean, forgive the person. We can still try to earn their trust. But we're human, and God understands that. That, we, that we're going to remember those offenses. Truth number four of forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing it to God. That is a major, major component. We have to release it to God. And this is why. For, we have to release it to God as Paul did. Paul was able to release it. Because if we don't release it to God, guess what happens? It starts to fester. It starts to become something in us that we don't want to be. It is a start of healing. Revenge doesn't work. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go there. It does not work. Trust me. Trust me. Repayment doesn't work. Resentment doesn't work. Unforgiveness will take you places you don't want to be. When you hold on to the hurt, you become that hurt. In other words, you become what you have sown into yourself. You become the physical manifestation of hate and the physical manifestation of bitterness, the, phys the physical manifestation of the worst things that a man and woman could become. Everything that you are, your character, your personality, it becomes something else that is not pleasing 
to your parents, to the, your loved ones, and not even to God. It stifens our walk with the Lord. It's a roadblock that you really don't want to create in your relationship with Christ. As the pastor says, I'm out of time, but I'm going to land a plane right now. It's a big plane. Forgiveness sets families free, sets companies free, sets countries free. If you notice, a lot of um, our great leaders, maybe not so great leaders, have formed treaties with countries, able to bring some form of peace. We do that in our families. The simple truth is forgiveness is not something you do, it's something that God has done. Forgiveness is not a gift that you give, it's a gift that God has given that you have to pass to someone else. Let's not forget Colossians. um, 3.13, remember the Lord forgave you, you must forgive others. This is in Colossians. And my favorite, remember remember the question I said, does God forgive? Oh yeah. Does God, if God forgives, does he forgive everyone? No. And here's the proof. Matthew 6.14.15. This is the Lord saying this. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you forgive, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I don't know about you, but that's heavy. That's heavy. If we are not willing to forgive, I don't care what the offense is, please don't expect God to forgive you. I know that's hard for everyone to swallow right now. That's hard. That's a hard thing to swallow. But understand this. God wants to forgive you as quickly as possible because he loves you. He doesn't want you to fall away. I'm out of time, but um, uh, one short testimony. I had a situation with my father where, um, you know, I expected the kind of love. Look, my dad was a provider. We lived in East Harlem, and this was, I was born in 61. So basically, long story short, I wanted a father that says, Mira, mijo, papi, you know, you know, I love you. I didn't get that. I didn't get that word. I love you, I love you, I love you. Yes, my father loved me. We were distant. He was a hard man from Puerto Rico, you know, Hibaro, you know, the hillbilly, you know. He's a hard worker, and he put us to school. I mean, he was there. But then God put this in my face. How can you expect something from your father that he didn't receive from his? How can you fault your father where he didn't receive the love you wanted? I had to forgive him for that. I said, Papi, man, I'm so sorry. I, I knew you loved me. I, I saw the things you've done for us. You never cheated on mom. You, you, you provided us. You did everything. And my father's saved. He's just turned 80 and he's suffering from cancer now. That's okay. I'm just happy that he's saved. Because we're all going to die. My God, it would break me, break my heart to know that he left this world and didn't accept the Lord. That would break my heart. And then, a long, and then another one has to do with my wife's family, our family. Um, there was a death in the family. Her niece basically died. It was just 
you know, complications of, you know, some illness that she had. But when, 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 when she was, uh, you know, a little young little girl and all that, right, she was separated from her father who basically, you know, had to do some time, incarceration. And the wife's family took those kids and there was a rift that spanned years of unforgiveness. Years of unforgiveness. Families going at each other. Imagine that. And you look at the family, a beautiful family, but going at each other. And look what they missed all these years. But then at her untimely death, we all got together. She already forgave before she died. She was a prominent member of her church, children's ministry, everything, serving God and all that. Because there's a high calling on her family, our families. And because of the funeral, we were able to reconcile our relationships and there was genuinely godly forgiveness. Forgiveness. I mean, you should have seen it. It was incredible. Only God could do this. And the reason why God can do this is because God will meet us halfway. And in closing, if you come before God and ask for forgiveness, he's going to forgive you. And he's going to help you to forgive those that have offended you. He will because he loves you. Last slide. The cross. Well, the last slide, actually, if you look at it, mercy forgives. I designed it as a cross. 